Hello and welcome to the AMBOSS podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Every two weeks, experts from AMBOSS, the medical education platform, interview medical students and healthcare professionals to showcase international perspectives on everything in medical school and beyond the textbook. I'm your host today, AMBOSS Partnerships Manager, Dr. Tanner Schrank, and we are joined by Dr. Omar Sharkawi. He was a longtime AMBOSS physician wearing many hats during his almost six years working with the international team to spread the word about AMBOSS. And more recently, he's been the head of the Global Health Initiative. He holds a medical degree from Mohammed V University in Rabat, Morocco, and a Master of Public Health from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health in Baltimore, Maryland, in the U.S. Global health issues require big solutions. Now, when we think of big global issues, how can medical students, physicians, and the general public begin to tackle such enormous challenges like health care and income inequality, health disparities between cultures, and preparation for the next pandemic? In what ways are we already finding solutions, and how can we do them better? Omar, thank you so much for coming, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me here. Could you take us through your journey from Morocco to medical school to AMBOSS to Hopkins and where you are now? Absolutely. I grew up in a town nearby Rabat, Morocco, which is the capital. I went to medical school there. So it's about seven years, eight years of curriculum to be a general practitioner. And then you go on your specialty. Throughout medical school, I was involved with the International Federation of Medical Students Associations, the IFMSA, and I was also involved in different student organizations locally in Rabat, but also in Morocco. And I was in charge of the exchange program of the Federation, which is one of the biggest exchange programs of medical students worldwide. Every Mm -hmm. year, we send over 15,000 medical students in over 100 countries which was a great opportunity for medical students. So I was director of that international program for two years, and then I was the international president of the federation. IFMSA is one of the oldest student organizations in the world, founded in the 50s, and it's the official representative of medical students at the UN and at many international organizations. We worked directly with different UN agencies, especially the World Health Organization. Mm -hmm. After that, I joined AMBOSS in 2017 when AMBOSS was just about to launch the English platform and I was the head of the international communications and partnership team. So I was responsible of developing the department and then promoting AMBOSS worldwide and building partnerships worldwide. And I took a year of break where I decided to do a master's of public health at Johns Hopkins back in 2019, because I realized that I loved public health, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I had a lot of practical experience in public health, but maybe not as much theoretical knowledge. And then after my master's of public health, I came back to AMBOSS with an idea to implement the Global Health Initiative. So that's when I joined back in 2020. Right now, I'm working with the Planned Parenthood Federation of America. I'm based in the US. Mm -hmm. Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit organization known for its work in reproductive health in the US. 
So I'm the healthcare transformation lead at BBFA at the moment. Very cool. Wow. So looking back at all of your experiences, what would you say has surprised you the most? I think growing up in Morocco and especially working with, you know, the IFNSA, I had the impression that those high income countries have a great healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And moving to Germany at first, I kept it in mind that at some point I would go back to practicing medicine because one of the reasons why I left Morocco is because I didn't believe in the healthcare system that we have. And I saw patients struggling with accessing healthcare. And so that was heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. And so in Germany, I thought the healthcare system must be better. It must be better to kind of work there. And that was kind of like one of the first shocks that I had, I guess, mm -hmm. being in Germany and then realizing, wow, this is, you know, a high income country. Germany is known for its healthcare worldwide, but Germany still has its own issues related to healthcare, not just the shortage of medical professionals, but even when it comes to treating patients, I feel like there are still a lot of diagnostic tests perhaps that are maybe not so needed, but still prescribed for patients and so on. And I mm -hmm. felt like in general, we're still not taking that holistic approach of seeing a patient and then treating the patients. And then same goes for the U.S. I think, well, the U.S. is not really known for its healthcare system, but, <laughs> yeah. but still it, it was, I think, quite shocking for me to see that every single country, I think, in the world has mm -hmm. its own issues when it comes to healthcare. And no matter how you do it, you still end up with some gaps. And I wish countries could talk to each other. I wish yeah. stakeholders could work with each other. I wish different institutions in a same country could actually work together to kind of heal the mm -hmm. healthcare system. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. that's not something that I'm seeing. Yeah. Everywhere has learned lessons the hard way, and it would be great if they could spread that knowledge to other places so they don't make the same mistakes. So you've worked with a lot of different groups through the IFMSA, and you've traveled around the world meeting different students from different places. What sort of differences did you notice between their medical education and yours back in Morocco? I think, as probably a lot of people know, every medical school is different in every single country, right? There are yeah. different number of years that we have, you know, in the US, it's four years. In Morocco, it's seven to eight years. In most of Europe, it's six years. So there are, you know, these kind of like small differences. In mm -hmm. Morocco, for instance, every medical doctor graduates as a general practitioner before going on with their specialty if they want to, but you can stop there and practice as a general practitioner. I think for me, the most notable difference was that I feel like in Morocco and I feel like in general in a lot of low middle income countries they focus more on clinical knowledge and I feel like they have more clinical knowledge and experience as opposed to other high income countries I feel like we're more heavy on the clinical knowledge Okay. And that's something that was very surprising to me. And that's something mm -hmm. that I actually also see, whether as a physician or as a patient myself, I see that in the US, I saw that in Germany, a lot of doctors, I feel like are relying on diagnostic tests 
as opposed to clinical knowledge. Whereas in Morocco, for instance, patients don't have the means to pay for diagnostic tests and so on. So a lot of times we have to rely on our experience, our clinical knowledge, and so on to kind of try to make the best informed decisions in terms of diagnosing a disease or treating a patient. Right. That's very interesting. Also, and I, that's, you know, a personal experience that I had as a patient. I feel like, especially in the U.S., you go to see a doctor and even before they start examining you, they order a bunch of tests, yeah. which is shocking to me yeah. coming from a different background and a different medical system. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, in Morocco, they would do everything possible in a way to avoid those diagnostic tests yeah. and they would really rely on their clinical knowledge. And so that's why I think medical professionals in those low and middle-income countries, they are much more knowledgeable when it comes to their clinical skills and mm-hmm. they don't rely as much on those diagnostic tests. Yeah, And then you mentioned you wanted more theoretical understanding of public health in Morocco. Was that not so much of a focus? Sadly, no. I don't think public health is a focus in any country in the world for any medical students, unfortunately. We do have public health as a subject in Morocco, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think the curriculum is strong enough for students to actually really understand what public health is. And I felt like all of the knowledge that I gained regarding public health, I learned it through the experiences that I've had in the past, whether it was with IFMSA, whether it was with AMBOSS and so on. Mm -hmm. But at some point I had to stop and then think, wait, I have that practical experience, but I'm still missing some important frameworks, for instance, that I could apply to resolve X solution. And so that's why I wanted to kind of do that master in public health. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So what made you want to work with a medical education startup like AMBOSS instead of practicing in the clinic? I saw the way patients struggled with access in healthcare. I would be, for instance, in the emergency department and I would be treating a patient and I would literally see them taking that prescription that I've given them, walk out of the ER, throw it in the garbage and then leave. And it's not because they thought I was not a good doctor. It's because, I mean, maybe they did. I don't know. (laughs) But it was mostly because they know they couldn't afford those medicines. But as a doctor my resources are limited, right? I don't have many resources in my small hospital. Yeah, A lot of times we would have those pharmaceutical representatives who would come and give us kind of like free samples and then would give out these free samples to patients. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of where our role stops, unfortunately. And that's something that I did not like. And so that's where I recognized that the system is broken and we're treating patients, but we're not actually treating patients <laughs> because they're not you know, going to take the treatment. They can't afford to take that treatment. So the issue remains. So I knew that public health was kind of the way to go because public health, you're kind of taking a step back. You're kind of working with the system to kind of fix the system. Instead of working with patients one-on-one, you're working with an entire population or an entire community. And so I knew that I wanted to do more as a doctor. 
so that's where I decided to kind of continue working internationally after IFMSA. And then mm-hmm. I saw Amboss as an opportunity to work on the medical education side. So some issues that I see, for instance, with medical education, one of them being that some systems are not very focused on those medical skills. And so I wanted to kind of do more in terms of medical education to try to strengthen medical education throughout the world. And so Amboss was kind of this opportunity to be able to do that. Okay. So speaking of supporting people who especially need it, in 2020, you launched the Amboss Global Health Initiative. Now, what is this for those who don't know? I think as individuals and as organizations, institutions, as a company, we all have a social responsibility. And at my time at Amboss, before starting the Global Health Initiative, we would get a lot of feedback from students around the world saying, hey, the platform is amazing. This would help me become a better doctor, but I don't have the means to pay for it. And so at Hopkins, I had the time to kind of think a little bit more about my time at Amboss and how else can we make an impact. And so that's when I had the idea of working with Amboss to kind of deliver that mission and Mm -hmm. implementing the Global Health Initiative. So the Global Mm -hmm. Health Initiative is a nonprofit department of Amboss that focuses on strengthening medical education in low and middle income countries with a particular focus on sub-Saharan Africa. So over the past two, three years, You've impacted over 15,000 students and doctors in over 20 countries and over 20 institutions and hospitals. So these are all medical students and doctors who are accessing AMBOSS for free and who are using AMBOSS on a daily basis to either care for patients or to strengthen their education and then strengthen their knowledge and skills. Mm -hmm. I think that's super, super helpful. Yeah. And in some countries, they also struggle with accessing internet. And so Amboss was a really great tool for them because they could access the mobile apps without internet. And that is something that they really, really love. Yeah. It really saved me when I had to do international electives. So with this global health initiative and things like this, do you see this as the best way to tackle the world's healthcare problems like startups and corporations giving through nonprofit arms or altruism or generosity? It definitely is a low-hanging fruit, I would say. It definitely is not the best way to tackle the world's healthcare problems. I think this is kind of like just a tiny, tiny step I do think that for us to kind of tackle the world's healthcare problems, all the sectors have to come together and have to work together. First, as individuals, as I said, I think we all have social responsibility toward our community and our world in general. I think as organizations, as companies, I think we also have that responsibility and that shows through altruism, just like Amboss is doing now with the Global Health Initiative. I think health insurances also have to do their part. There are 
a lot of health insurances that have to support that access to healthcare for patients. And in some countries, it's working well. In some others, mm -hmm. unfortunately, it definitely is not. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a big part is working with politics and stakeholders. Yes. And I think there is a lot of work that needs to be done there. I think I'm a 100% believer that access to healthcare should be free and that people should not be paying out of pocket for their healthcare. Mm -hmm. There are some countries that do that quite well. And then you look at the health expenditure of countries and some countries, the health expenditure percentage is really outrageous. Mm -hmm. Not because the country is covering those healthcare expenses, but because patients are paying out of pocket. And this is really sad. I think if we were to increase the budget of public health and preventative care, I think that would have a great, huge impact in the world. The more you focus on making sure that patients and people are staying healthy, are eating healthy, are doing exercise and so on. And the more you support them through that, you know, we don't want to just tell people to do that. We also want to support them and give them the means to do it. I think the better it will be for this world. Mm -hmm. And some insurances did actually understand that. I think there are some insurances, for instance, who offer Fitbit devices for patients, some insurances also offer incentives and even reduce the premiums for patients who are doing well with their healthcare. For instance, patients who are stopping smoking because they understood that if I tried to make those patients healthier, they will spend less in healthcare. And that's something I feel like that people, stakeholders, countries, governments in general have to understand. Yeah, definitely. And I think if government and policymakers don't step up and implement these things, then, you know, you talk about Fitbit or like Apple Watch, companies are going to step in and they see all of these health data points that they can market or advertise to. So, yeah, maybe they'll say they're getting into preventative health at the cost of our data. So it doesn't get as much spotlight as it really needs to. You know, people need to take preventative health and public health more seriously and really step up and try to tackle this before people start to make money off of it. So looking to the future, the UN Foundation released five global issues to watch in 2023. They are rescuing the sustainable development goals taking stock of an intensifying climate crisis, managing the fallout from COVID-19's long tail, delivering record levels of humanitarian need driven by conflict and disaster, and building more inclusive systems for international cooperation. And those are some really, really big ideas. Which of these do you think is maybe the most important to tackle? You are not like my answer, but I don't <laughs> think we should focus on just one. You know, we're not a team of, you know, 10 people and we have some priority project and we have to pick one project because we don't have the resources to kind of work on the others. These are problems that are affecting 8 billions of people around yeah. the world. I do think we have the human resources to focus and fix these problems. I don't think we have the will 
to actually fix all of those problems. And by we, I mean literally everyone. I'm not just talking about governments. I'm talking about literally all the organizations and institutions in the world. So that's one thing. I think all of these problems are important. I think we can fix them in parallel. So that's one. Second mm-hmm. thing is sustainable development goals already cover everything from poverty to healthcare to climate change to equality. And I believe in these sustainable development goals. I do believe that we should work towards rescuing them because we know that we're not going to achieve them by 2030. Mm-hmm. So if you force me to choose one, I would choose the SDGs just because SDGs already cover all the other points. Yeah, they're all connected. There's no one problem that's like, yeah, we've just been putting this off. Why don't we just take care of this now? They're all very interconnected. And I guess if you neglected one of them, then the other ones, they would get worse too. Now, looking even further into the future, do you have any ideas on how all of this is going to change? Medical education, healthcare in general? whether that's next year or by 2030 or in a hundred years? I don't know how it will change. I can tell you how we would want it to change. I truly wish we as doctors are more patient-focused rather than disease-focused when it comes to treating patients. And I think medical schools should focus on how to treat patients from a more holistic approach rather than just seeing one disease and then treating that one disease and that's it. Some schools have started doing that, but unfortunately the healthcare system did not follow. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my recommendation. And I wish I could see that in the future. I think in general, healthcare needs to be reinvented. The healthcare system, the way we have it now was invented A long time ago. I'm not even going to try to guess (laughs) what year, right? And I think we're at a different point. And I think we need to have the courage to reinvent the healthcare system, to kind of throw it away and then build something else. I don't know if that's feasible. But what I'm trying to say is the way our healthcare system right now works is that we really focus on diseases. So we have different specialties Yes, because we want doctors to kind of have a profound knowledge on that specific system. But at the end of the day, we're focusing on one specific organ. We're not focusing on a system, right? Right. Yeah. You're treating a patient, not a stomach. Right. Exactly. You have to have that holistic approach for your patients that don't just cover the disease, but also cover the environment in which they live, the relationships that they have the financial means that they have, the exercise maybe that they get in a day, in a week. And these are all elements that are unfortunately missing in our current healthcare system. Yeah, I think that touches on a lot of really good points. You can talk all day long about the risks of smoking or the benefits of a good diet and exercise. But then when you're actually in the clinic, you're actually talking to these patients, these people, you have to really be able to put yourself in their shoes and say, like, why? Why are you still smoking? Why why don't you eat healthier? And you can't fix that without talking about like availability or like why is McDonald's cheaper than fresh fruit? You know, these are really, really big issues and they're all interconnected. And I think if we're separating medical education from the real life and the real problems and we're not doing anyone any service. So that's a really good point. Focus on the patients. And every patient is different. Yeah. So finally, I always ask our guests 
If you could give our listeners any piece of advice beyond the textbook, what would you say? Travel, not just for pleasure, but hopefully for pleasure, but travel because traveling makes you open your mind. It helps you understand different cultures. Right now, we're in a world where you get to treat patients not just from your country, but from other countries, from other cultures. If you want to be a good healthcare professional, you have to know how to adjust your approach to different cultures. And so traveling would be the best way to understand that. But also traveling would allow you to talk to people from different countries to learn more about different healthcare systems, different medical school systems. And in general, it would just help you be more criticizing of your own system and would hopefully help you drive a change in your own country. Um, So travel is definitely my advice. I really love that answer. It hits the nail on the head. That's exactly what I would say. It opens your eyes. It opens your mind. Even a little bit, you know, even travel to a different city in your own country. It still is a different experience. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Omar, for taking the time to talk with us and for giving our listeners some excellent advice and sharing your thoughts and experiences. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the AMBOSS podcast. Today, we explored medical education in Morocco, in the U.S., around the world. We talked about pressing global health issues and some ways to focus on tackling them and making a difference for future generations. The links in the description can give you a more in-depth understanding of these concepts. If you like this episode, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check out the AMBOSS platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com.